Welcome into the championship edition of the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast. I'm Martin Weiss, joined here with my good friend TJ Hushmanzada. And TJ, you've watched football longer than I have, just based off the idea that you've been alive a little bit longer than I have. That was the best weekend of football I've seen in my entire life. What about you? No question. Every game went down to the wire. Every game was a last possession um, deciding factor. Like I got somebody sent me something. I believe it was this morning, man. And I was like, wow. I don't believe you're going to be able to see this, but the 49ers and the Packers, 45-yard field goal from Robbie Gold, four seconds left. Yep. The Rams and the Bucks wasn't a 45-yarder. It was four seconds, four seconds left. left. The Bengals and the Titans, 52-yarder, four seconds left. So, and then the Chiefs game goes in overtime where they score for 20 points in the final two minutes of the game. And, and so this was by far and away, as long as I could remember watching football, where every game literally came down to the last possession, the last play, and the game was over. Great weekend of football. And I know we'll start with the first game. And I was like, that was a good enough game already for me to be like, this already is a better weekend of football than last week. When our Cincinnati Bengals, yes, I said our Cincinnati Bengals, uh, Walks off. Evan McPherson, the only kicker drafted this year, TJ. Sixth-round pick. Evan McPherson walks off the number one seed Tennessee Titans, sends them back home, to, uh, and the Cincinnati Bengals go on after. But Joe Burrow took nine sacks in that 19-16 to 16 win. Nine sacks, TJ. You ever seen that movie, Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Hey, what did I say, though? What? Last week. My only concern was could that Bengals offensive line hold up with that Titans defensive front? And I said, if they couldn't, the Bengals chances weren't looking good. They did not hold up, but boy, did that Bengals defense come through for them. That, that was a deciding factor. That defense of the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, they showed up because that Bengals offensive line, I don't know what the hell they were doing. Like they was point shaving, they're playing for the Tennessee Titans, but nine well, I mean, sacks. Wow! It was just maybe they had a maybe they had a you know film rights on the documentary for Joe Burrow's comeback story or whatever it was because that thing was holding up like nobody's business. It just it had no. The thing is crazy. <coughs> you had nine sacks, and I think maybe only one holding call. Like, so, yo, would you just tackle somebody? Like, just tackle the defensive lineman in front of you. Just maybe, just, like, save Joe a little bit. But, I mean, that's – but to me, when you see a guy that you say, like, has got, quote, unquote, it, like, that's the type of game that the Bengals – how do you get sacked nine times? And and how many of them are on third down? You know, I, I think, like, four nine of the first – when the opposing quarterback's first and last throw goes to the opposing team, <laughs> that's how you win. First play of the game, Tanny Hill, you're playing for the Bengals. Last play of the game for the Titans, Tanny Hill, you're playing for the Bengals. The Titans outsmarted themselves. 
They put the game in the hands of Ryan Tannehill when all season the game was in the hands of the running back, whether it was Derrick Henry or Dante Foreman. And so you kind of get what you get. But so, but how much credit do you give the Bengals? To, to me, the Bengals have had, what is that, five takeaways in the playoffs so far? Or Quite four? That's Quite significant, right? Like, so I'm just trying to figure out, you know, how much, how much, uh, and, and, you know, not to look ahead too far ahead to, uh, you know, the game, and we'll talk about it in a, in a little bit, but it seems to me like at least the second interception, I mean, the third interception was a tip ball anyway. Like, these guys are getting their hands on the ball. It's not necessarily The guy wasn't like, open. He shouldn't have thrown it anyway. Of yeah. course it's going to be a tip ball when a guy's not open. Number one, the Titans, you're the home team. You're the number one seed. Play for overtime. Like, you're trying to – you're not – realistically going to score in that situation just play for overtime but they wanted to win it in regulation and as a number one seed see you later they went home well i mean and after you saw what happened in overtime it's i it's hard to fault the team for wanting to win in regulation after what we saw in overtime oh, if you got patrick mahomes or josh allen of course you try to win in regulation <laughs> if you got ryan Tannehill, do you really try well, let's get to, we'll get to that in a second. But midway through the NFC division with the Packers I and mean the 49ers and the Packers, I was watching the game with a friend, and I turned to my friend. I said, this is what's wild about football. Score was 7-3 at the time. I was like, man, the 49ers have done nothing all game, and they are one possession away, from, or one play away from making this an entirely different game. One one miss snap, one one bad something happening, and the 49ers who had been getting an, 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 annihilated offensively the whole first half, and then sure enough, boom, block punt, and then you know touchdown. And that's pretty much all she wrote. Uh, maybe the end of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, but I, my question is this: like, yeah, Rodgers didn't play great. And you think that, okay, it's very easy to sit back and point and say that, um, you know, the 49ers scored 13, the Packers scored 10, Aaron Rodgers, where were you? But I just – when special teams things happen, right, whose fault is that? Combination of the the coaches and the scheme and obviously the players on the field. Block punt. That should never happen – and that magnitude with the game on the line, like it just can't happen. They weren't trying to block the punt. The guy 94 exactly. just went all out. But when you see a defensive lineman on the punt return team, the PP or whomever else needs to help the long snapper. You need to help him because he's going to get overpowered. Majority of the time, that's a tight end that's 240 pounds. He's going to get overpowered. So when they see that, that should be the cue to help him. That's number one. Block field goal. Honestly, I felt like Mason Crosby's a liability as a kicker. That field, the kick was low. It looked like he was going to miss it anyway. But the kick gets blocked. I'm LaFleur. Sorry, special teams coach. You got to go. You got to go. You literally gave up. The game. Yeah, we didn't do much offensively. 
but we didn't give the game up. Lock punt for a touchdown. Field. Dude, that's a 10-point swing. You get the field goal, that's three points. You don't give up the block punt. It's a 10-point swing. That's a lot of points. And should Aaron Rodgers have played better? Should Aaron Rodgers have thrown a deep over route instead of throwing a post to Devontae Adams because the deep over route was wide open? Yes, but this is why Aaron Rodgers is mad because he doesn't trust anybody but Devontae Adams. And so when the game's on the line, he's going to go to the only guy that he trusts. If the Packers want Aaron Rodgers to make a decision about what he's going to do, uh, give me some Benjamins. My decision will come real quick. Simple. Offer me a new contract extension, guarantee the contract, and we can get this done this week. See, I just that's why I want to wonder though, because Matt LaFleur's got like the best record south, uh, uh, you know, opposite Vince Lombardi for a guy to start his career. And not to say that he's any type of made man because he's had, you know, the, the all the playoff flameouts that uh, Aaron Rodgers Martin. has, Matt LaFleur Martin. has had as well. Martin, you and I, and we not talking no Jodeci. Uh, we probably have close to Matt LaFleur's record if we were coaching the Packers and Aaron Rodgers as well. So that's, but I, I look, I get that. So, so that's my, that's my point is Aaron Rodgers is the person that we want that, that, that we look around as the person who's supposed to be the gravitational pull of this franchise. You have things like 10 men on the field to block the field goal, field goal, special block teams coach. but this special teams have been bad all year. And that's why you gotta go. They weren't good the year before, so I'm just wondering where's like. So I guess is, is firing a special teams coach is that what keeps you Aaron Rodgers? No, you firing a special teams coach. That's accountability. Like Martin, this is how it works. So Saturday, Saturday before the day before the game, okay, you do callouts. That's what you do. So they'll say, um, Kings package. Everybody that's on Kings runs on the field. Everybody that's not on Kings, they run off the field. Um, ace package. Everybody that's on ace runs on the field. Whoever's not in ace package, they run off the field. This is offense. Then you go defense. Nickel package. They run on, run off. Dime package. They run on, run off. Rest package. They run on, run off. You go to special teams. Punt return. Punt block. Kickoff return. Kickoff. Field goal. Field goal block. So all those guys run on and run off the field. For there to only be 10 guys, it's the player's fault. But as a coach, you know who you're coaching that isn't responsible, that they just, they don't pay attention. They're, they're guys you really don't want on that unit, but you have to have them on that unit. He should know that and make sure each time you're in that situation, you go to old Joe Blow and say, hey, Remember, this is your responsibility. If they do this, we do that. Because you know the type of player you're coaching. That's what happens. No accountability from the top to the bottom. Well, maybe that's it. Maybe, and maybe you say at the top, maybe someone's on the GM because they don't have the, you know, you're using second round picks on quarterbacks and, you know, I don't know. But, and then you, but did you see how I just did that though? That's literally how it goes. I get it. I get it, but it seems to me, I'm wondering when we talk about these next two games where we saw a late game execution that we didn't see versus with the Dallas Cowboys, and then we see late, like late game offensive execution in the Rams and the Chiefs and the Bills, both of because all three of those teams had great late game offensive execution. And 
to read those post game interviews and to hear how they were just they they all credited practice, and then to see Dak Prescott talk about well you know we practice it like Martin. that every time, and Martin. then to see well I just Martin. and then I just wonder like so who Martin. so like it, is is it is it that Sean McVay and, and Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and and and, and Dayball and they just practice it more better? No, Martin. Everybody can't swim in deep waters, bro. Do you get that analogy? Sure. Everybody can't swim in deep waters. They they just can't. You can swim in six, seven feet. For some reason, when you get to 12 feet, you just don't swim as well. You panic. It's the same as a seven-footer. Why are you panicking now that you're swimming in 12 feet? It's the same. Everybody can't swim in deep waters. The pressure makes people fold. And that's what happened. The pressure of the situation folded them. In the next game, or the last game we talk about, huh, they folded in more ways than one. I can't wait to get on that. So before we do that, we'll do the Rams and the Bucks real quick. The Rams walk off off of Matt Gay field goal. Matt Gay, formerly of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, got cut. TJ, that's got to be a good feeling to go and like win a game over the team that cuts you. I, uh, I'm sure he feels good about that. Should not have come to that. Sure. Should not have come to that. Cam Makers, I mean, you fumble on the one-yard line. You fumble at the end of the game. Cooper Cup fumbles. It was just, I mean, even this game, you're talking about swimming in deep waters. You fold like a lawn chair. You fold like Mike Tyson caught you with that left hook, then an uppercut. You're going to cover zero blitz when the Rams have zero timeouts and you put a safety on the best receiver in football this year in Cooper Cup. What the fuck do you think is going to happen? What do you expect to happen? What do you expect to happen? Yeah, when I watched the dots for that play, I was like, you know, I'm not a defensive coordinator, but I don't think that blitzing the guy directly. You can play one, though, the way these – you're not a defensive coordinator. You damn sure can play one the way these coaches are coaching. Well, I just feel like you should probably run somebody in a Cooper Cup within the first, like, two or three yards you're allowed to do so. If you're – like, why would you not jam them at the line? They had no timeouts. Make them work down the field using the clock. Like – Cover zero is the easiest thing to call. And this is like these coaches go to call. Certain situations, yes, you use it. In that situation, when all the momentum is on your side, you don't do this. People say what you want about Matthew Stafford. The boy is the comeback kid. He will lead you on a game winning or a game tying drive. He's led the league since he's come in to the National Football League in game-winning drives. Kudos to the Rams. They blew it and got it back. But again, you got to be able to swim in deep waters, Barton. You can't make that call when the pressure's on. Now, have you ever caught a love of the game ball? Like, have you ever caught oh, that ball? So let me if tell I you this. Running that route? I, I, I read that, right? I read that. And so the Rams receiver coach was my college coach. As okay. soon as I read that, that's that's Eric Yarber. That's Eric Yarber. So the love of the game route is strictly this. 
Cooper Cup had a seam route where he was clearing it out because the outside guy was running a 16-yard in route, which we call a dig. Right. So Yarbs used to always say, you ain't getting the ball here, TJ. It's a 40 level of the game route right here. You got to clear it out for Chad. Gotcha. They cover zero, though. That dig doesn't have time to get open. That's when it's not a level of the game route anymore. Cooper Cup knew that ball was coming to him. When he seen no safety in the middle of the field, he knew right away when he lined up and there was no safety, he knew right away, I'm coming and I'm getting his ball. That's why he was hauling ass. He knew right away. But, yes, that's Eric Yarber saying. He was my coach in college for the love of the game route right here. And when I read that, I'm like, damn, Yarber's been saying this for 20 years. And you never caught one. No. Nah. Like, teams, just... teams weren't really cover zero blitzing like that when I was – they didn't – you'd get it every blue moon. But the way they do it now, it's like, oh, I don't know what else to do. Oh, cover zero. It, it, it does seem to be like, and I've only seen it work as a, as a, as a something that like when, when we saw, up, it's a change up. You let, let's talk baseball. It's that's a change what, up. That's what, that's what, I've only seen, ever seen it work as a primary strategy. I was going to say, I've only ever seen it work as a primary strategy in that Miami, uh, uh, a Baltimore game. And Miami just every just boom, sending them, sending them, sending them, sending them. Lamar just could not get it figured out. That was the only time, but like when they just sent them the whole game. But you're absolutely right in that it should be something that I feel like it feels like it's coming every single play. And then you're dropping back into coverage. And then the one time that it does come, the little boy cried wolf one too many times, and all and, and, and now you're not prepared for it. But I feel like this game was lost. The Buccaneers' offensive line was just a, a disaster. Aaron Donald, Von Miller wrecked the game from the outset. Tom Brady had pressure on them the entire game. They could have used AB. They could have used them. Absolutely could have used And them. it looked like this game was going to be a blowout. But when Cam Akers fumbles on a one just before halftime to extend the lead, that doesn't happen. They gradually started to get back in the game. Mike Evans beats Jalen Ramsey on the deep ball for the touchdown. You start to say, oh, okay, all they need is a first down game over. Can I make a fumble? We got a ball game. All right. All right. So maybe you – and this seemed to be – and again, not a football coach, but I think there's some galaxy brain moments happening. Like like motioning Trent Williams on fourth and one against the Cowboys was seems like a galaxy brain moment. Why don't you just line him up and run behind him? But but one here felt like I understand that Jalen Ramsey is, is is potential Hall of Famer with the top top corners in the league. You roll coverage on the top towards Scotty Miller and not over the top of Mike Evans. I understand that Scotty Miller had got a few catches. It, it, it's because you feel like Ramsey's not going to get beat. You feel like he's not going to get beat, so that's why you do that. Okay, I mean. Is it just, it happens. just trust in the player? I don't, I don't mind that call. Um, Mike Evans was inside the numbers. The majority of the time when you line up inside the numbers, you do not run a go route. He's probably breaking in. And, and so he's so, breaking towards breaking more out. defensive help. And, and so I believe Jalen Ramsey felt like because of alignment, he wasn't running a go route. And that, that's where your football IQ comes into play. 
his IQ was right. The Bucks, they know what a DB is thinking in that situation. They went against. They went against tendency, oh, yeah. And, and he went down the field. It happens. Okay. I just, because I'm just sitting there. I'm like, so I saw the ball go up and I saw Jalen Ramsey get, you know, I saw him chasing him. And I'm wondering, okay, where's the guy on the top angle? And I was like, wait, there is no guy on the top. Like, okay. But what All right, Todd. Two is Jalen Ramsey has to know the situation. The only way they get back into this game is to score fast. It's right. the only way they can get back into this game. And so if you play it safe, it doesn't happen. But you don't play the game safely. You just play it off instinct. His instinct was wrong in that situation. It happens. Well, you want to talk about two guys you've seen like they're playing off instinct. Simply the wildest game that I've seen in my life. And the worst gambling beat that I've probably had in quite some time was Bill's money line after Bengals and Rams money line. I had Bengals on the money line, Rams on the money line, Bills on the money line. I finished up my lemon pepper parlay. But you know what? 13 seconds, too much time. Like, bro. Uh, first of all, I have to say this because I have to, you know, I have to apologize. I was wrong. Josh Allen is pretty good at football. Josh Allen is an animal. It's pretty good. Pretty good. They shouldn't have lost that game with 13 seconds. Leslie Frazier, Sean McDermott, they blew it. Simple as that. You can say the players didn't execute. Okay, I'll take that. But that defense you put your players in, set them up to fail. You set them up for failure. And so, number one, you squib, kick it, pooch it high. I think, I think there's them, an important distinction between squibbing it and kicking it high. Yes. We watch guys down it at the five-yard line consistently. Like, like watch balls hit. hit at the five all that, the time. That's, a that's what you want, right? You can. It doesn't have to hit because if it hits at the five-yard line on a kickoff, it's probably going to roll into the end zone. You squib it high to a player so he's forced to catch it. When he returns – now, he's, he, he can fair catch it. You get the ball on a 20. When, if he returns it, that's going to take four seconds. They're down to one play, technically maybe two if they go quick. But this is the thing. The first play. Okay. You play that dumbass defense. They get 20 yards. 25 yards. No, about 23. Eight seconds left. Every, I'm watching a game and I'm literally, I should have did a video. I told my wife and kids. Patrick Mahomes has to get rid of this ball. What are the Bills doing? He needs to get rid of this ball fast. What TJ, the defensive coordinator, would have done, Martin, I would have rushed nobody. I would have dropped my whole team in coverage. Why? When you drop your entire team in coverage, what would the quarterback do? You think he'd get rid of the ball or would he hold the ball? You'd hold it. Because he'd be confused. He would, like, where's the rush coming from? I don't like you. Right. You take out all defensive linemen. You put in linebackers for your D-line. You have them all stand up. So at the snap of the ball, three of those guys drop to the middle of the field. Your corners are manned up, press, help over the top, play outside leverage so nobody can get outside. Why play outside leverage? Because I have those three linebackers in the middle that are dropping, that are uh, robbing anything that may break it's in. Coming inside, yep. And so his only option is to throw a check down 
get you five, 10 yards. Then tackle and game over. No, you probably, you might get one or two seconds left. But at that point, it turns into a Hail Mary. Right. Because they're not in field goal range. That's all you had to do. True story. I broke that down to my wife when they called a timeout. I said, this is what they need to do. Now, I'm not actively in the game. So my adrenaline would not be up like Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott. But guys, you do all this game planning all week, and this is the call you make with the game on the line. I just gave every coach a situation and how to handle it. Guarantee you're going to start seeing what I just said. But you know what, though? You say that your adrenaline is not high and not in the moment. If you flip it to the other side, Kansas City ran the same play twice. And then in the huddle, Pat, you know, Kelsey and Mahomes kind of had that, uh, you know, they communicated to Kelsey's like, yo, I'm going to just do this. And I'm sure you've seen the clip of Mahomes yelling, do it, do it, do it. And then, you know, Kelsey cuts in. But it seemed to me that Kansas City, and it's probably, I mean, Andy Reid made, 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 uh, made sure as in his post-game press conference to 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 credit Eric Bieniemy immediately afterwards saying that Eric Bieniemy makes sure that they run those plays every day. And then Tyreek Hill uh afterwards like was saying, yeah, that that part of practice is actually boring as shit, but thank goodness it worked out. Right. But he was like that EB was the one that really did it. But it seemed like to me that it just like the Chiefs were eminently prepared for, and I know it sounds incredible incredibly dumb to say, but I'm eminently prepared for that 13 second moment. And I don't think it's the craziest thing because it's not like they had just did it a minute and 40 seconds before. Martin, the corner that was on Kelsey, as soon as the ball was snapped, he backs up and gets ground. Do you really think Kelsey's going to run by you and you have help over the top? Like, dude, like, what are you guys thinking? You call a timeout for this. I feel so bad for the Bills. I feel so bad for that offense, Josh Allen. Gabe Davis, Stefan, dude, they played their asses off. The, I don't believe the best team won. I really don't. I don't either. The Chiefs just executed better. And this may hunt the Bills forever because they were the better team. They just didn't execute when the game was on the line. And once again, the pressure folded that defensive staff like a lawn chair, bro capitulate they fought. i mean it i couldn't believe it so what do you make of so everybody's everybody's making this big deal about the 13 second kickoff which i mean rightly so but they had a kickoff with 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 under two minutes left right before that that he kicked it out they kicked it out they kicked it out of the back of the end zone twice and i guess you can have the argument of well we this is the number one in everything defense but still i just i don't know maybe i'm thinking too Madden brain on it, but like, don't you have to squib those kicks? When it's 13 seconds, if you squib it, in essence, they only have one play. Because once you pick the ball up, if you fall down, that's two seconds going to come off. You may get two. Just the way they played it, knowing a field goal was all the Chiefs needed. That's the surprising part. It's not like they needed a touchdown. They needed a field goal. And these kickers, they're better than they've ever been. I mean, you go back to the Cincinnati Bengals and Tennessee Titan game. The Bengals played for a 50-plus yard field goal to win it. Like, It's not the first time they've done it this year. Dude, they played for that. Like, Bucker, 
kicks a 40. Like when I was playing, it was like, okay, let's try to get five, six, seven more yards. Teams are playing for it because the kickers are better than ever. And so you can't just give up. 25 yards on the first play and say, oh, it's okay. Now they only need 15 more. They didn't handle this right. They will be better in the future for it. If this situation comes up again, I doubt very seriously they give up what they gave up. Teams will adopt what I just said. I guarantee that because I think it's foolproof. So the only thing I wonder about the Bills going forward it seems as if you're going to get a lot of brain drain from this organization. Brian Dable is going to get a new head coaching job. Leslie Frazier has been interviewing for a bunch of head coaching jobs. I don't know if he's going to get one, but Brian Dable pretty much is going to be locked into one at this point in time. I, I just wonder if, if you know, how much the coordination has to do with all of this. Hey, Martin, would you watch that entire game? Every snap. You, you tell me uh... – what did Dable have to do with that fourth and sixth call when Josh Allen evaded the rush, pump faked it, and ran for the first down? That's All right, I, I, look, I get, I hear you, I hear he you. Scrambles and he throws a nice ball. Play I got call you. Matters, but you, you got to execute. If they hire within, say for instance, Ken Dorsey, former quarterback, played in the league, understands the system, understands how they went about and did things, um, they'll be fine because they have a guy at quarterback that makes you look better than you probably are. Man, Ken Dorsey. I remember Ken Dorsey. That was one of my favorite teams, one of uh, my favorite college teams watching the, like, the Miami Hurricanes team with Ken Dorsey. Like, I used to love watching those teams play as a kid. Like those, like, you know, those, those like one of those like earlier and memories of football. Even players. Leslie Frazier leaving. Sean McDermott is a defensive coach. They'll be fine. It's just make these adjustments, watch the lemon pepper parlay, steal what I just said, and implement it. You wouldn't put any defenders on, not even two defensive tackles. Why? Or a defensive tackle out there. The most I rush would be two guys. The most. The mo I might just rush one guy. The ball has to come out fast. If the ball is coming out fast, uh, you think I'm going to get pressure on the quarterback? You think well, you're going to get and then the other thing that gives me is like, all right, so like I think back to that uh, that Nick Saban, uh, the Alabama Auburn kick six, right? And yeah. and when they when the Auburn uh, kick return team, they they I remember reading an article about it and how they had swapped out some guys on their kick return team to get faster. I mean, on their kick block team to get faster, right? And they but that way they could keep those guys on the film. Right. So then when they had that kick six thing, it didn't look weird when you had all these linebackers and running backs on the kick uh, instead of all these bigger defensive ends, defensive tackles and so on and so forth, because the other team is going to have five, six offensive linemen out there. And when you're just thinking about the numbers, it makes total sense that you will put out more. Hell, it probably will benefit you better on a, on that play of that fourth and 13 instead of putting a defensive end out to put a tight end or somebody who's like, who could get out, get out in space and maybe make a play on somebody who is actually, you know, 10 yards on the field or maybe a running back, somebody who can make a play and chase somebody down as opposed to getting to the quarterback. Cause you're not going to get a sack. You're not getting a sack. The ball has to come out fast. So you're rushing a passer for what? Like for what? 
make them hold the ball. The clock is your friend. Tick, 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 tick. You, you ever seen somebody drop 10 in coverage? No. The quarterback will sit there and not try to make a mistake, throw it away. Now you hail Mary. Job done. That's my thinking. And it would just be the ultimate junk ball pitch, right? It would you would only use it then, like or in that scenario. Only in that situation. You may never you may never use it. Right. You may never use it. But if that situation comes up, we are prepared for it. I promise you, teams are going to be practicing this. They should just name it to TJ. All right, TJ. Well, you're naming plays, and one team that I'm sure will be rushing the pasture, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, before we pick in these uh, these conference championship games, let's take a quick break. The aforementioned Kansas City Chiefs, TJ, play host to the Cincinnati Bengals. The Chiefs are seven-point favorites in the AFC championship game. Uh, you know, the team that said they had their swagger back by posting that video of that, you know, that kid was from Detroit, that De La Salle kid who got my swagger back, whoa, from Detroit. Uh, they got their swagger back versus the team with the most swag in the NFL right now. If your kicker's going to turn to the back of quarterback and say, hey, don't make plans next week because we're going to the AFC Championship game, before he goes out there to bang a 50-yarder down the middle of the pipe, that just goes to show you the Bengals are playing with an incredible confidence right now. I'm telling you, right, I'm picking the Bengals. It's a hard overhead pick at this point, but I'll be honest with you. I agree with you earlier. I do think that the, the better team lost in the AFC divisional round. I'd be much more worried if this were the Buffalo Bills versus the Bengals. I think this Chiefs team is beatable. I'm also with you. I'm picking the Bengals, and this is also a hard overhead thing. I, number one, the Bengals are going to be confident. They just beat them a month ago. Now, playing in Arrowhead Stadium is going to present problems. I played there. It's loud as shit. New Orleans Saints, Seattle Seahawks, the old Metrodome, Minnesota, and where the Chiefs play in Arrowhead Stadium. Those are by far and away the loudest stadiums I've ever played in. You can't hear anything. I'm nothing. That's going to present a problem. But the Bengals just beat the Chiefs and technically was was a shootout. It was a shootout. Mm -hmm. Now, third and 26, I doubt Steve Spagnola covers zeros. See how this goes? Cover zero. You say you doubt, but hold on just one damn minute, TJ, because what defense was he in when Gabe Davis broke my man off and he fell down? That wasn't cover zero. That was cover one. It was a safety in the middle. The safety had to go with the inside route. All right, because I'm like, I was like, I just know this. If there's anything that Steve Spagnuolo likes to do, it's like put his corners on an island on third and plus, like like these quarterbacks can't put it on them. Now, he does that because they have a hard time stopping the run. I believe Tyron Matthew will be back from his concussion. He exited the game early. They, they, they bring guys in the box because so they can't stop the run. The Bengals can also run the ball. Exactly. Now, the key will be... How does he play Jamar Chase? Jamar Chase almost had three bills last time they played. They're going to try to take him out of the game. But you forget, T. Higgins can also get you. Tyler Boyd can get you. And so the Bengals, they're just playing well. I'm concerned about the amount of sacks that offensive line gave up. But it should be a point of emphasis 
this week and just making sure that Chris Jones doesn't wreck them like Jeffrey Simmons did. And so I'm taking the Bengals. Seven points is a lot of points to be given up to a team that just beat you four weeks ago. They can match the Chiefs' firepower offensively. Defensively, the Bengals are somewhat underrated. They don't get the credit that they deserve defensively. And so they held Tyree killed, I believe, 77 yards about a month ago when they played. I'm rolling with the Cincinnati Bengals, baby. Who that? They're going to be in L.A. in the Super Bowl. And here I got another one for you. For uh, Hey, first of all, when the Bengals are in the Super Bowl, if you don't take me with you, TJ, hey, we're going to fight, bro. I ain't I know. going. You, don't, 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 don't do all that. I ain't even going. Don't do all that. You're going to sit up here. You're going to be like, hey, I can't hey, believe hey, the Bengals didn't call hey, me. If they, slide your, if they slide your boy a ticket in a suite, then, then that's a possibility. I'm just saying, bro, I get it. I know you got kids. I know you got other kids like football, so on and so forth. But I'm your podcast partner, pal. All right? So, so that's all I got to say. And I know this. If I see Darnell Smith – no, I'm just kidding. No. Hey, you know what's crazy, bro? What? I got two Super Bowl tickets this year. I gave them to my uncle. Already gave it to him. You're, you're, you're an asshole. Gave them to my uncle about two weeks ago. My One of, the, one of the reasons I'm in this business is because I was watching – the Brett Favre, was the, the Packers and the Patriots Super Bowl, when Brett Favre is, is, you know, raises his arms up and he's pumping his fist like this, because it was in the Louisiana Superdome, of which I had been eight times prior that year because my father was a New Orleans Saints season ticket holder. So I said, Dad, that game's in the Superdome. How come we're not at How come we didn't go? You know, I'm, I'm eight years old. And he goes, oh, you know, so that's the Super Bowl. Still not ringing a bell. I'm not, I'm not computing. He goes, well, basically, the Super Bowl tickets is this whole big thing. And he, the, 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 the gist of the story is he told me, if you want to go to the Super Bowl, you have to either play football, right? You have to play in the Super Bowl, coach football, coach in the Super Bowl, be rich enough to buy a ticket to go to the Super Bowl, or you got to be working at the Super Bowl. Get you a media credential. You good to go, That's baby. why I'm working here. That's what I'm doing here. I'm saying this, this is Genesis. Eight-year-old Martin, the, 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 the screams that you're hearing are from eight-year-old me inside. How could you? How could you? Of all these weeks of talking, you had two Super Bowls. You just gave them to your uncle. You just gave them to your uncle. Goodness gracious. I'm taking a Bengals. Taking a Bengals on plus seven. And I like them on the money line, too. Mahomes is 30. Here, here's a stat for you. Go ahead, take this when you're up on game. <laughs> Mahomes, 13, 15, and one against the spread uh, as a favorite or more than a touchdown. As a favorite of more than a touchdown. So there you go. Touchdown or more. Whatever. You got it. More touchdown. than seven. Yes, more than seven. Seven or more. Seven, seven or more. more 13, 13, 15, and one against the spread. You got to be all flustered because you just like over that. here giving away Super Bowl tickets. Like, like so let me find out if you do more. Do you do something like that again? To you? We're going to fight. I promise you. He asked me about two months ago, three months ago. I was like, yeah, I'll give you my tickets. All right. That's fair. He asked you well, well before you knew Shit, about he my childhood asked me in dream. September. He might have asked me about five months ago. Well, TJ, listen, it's January 25th. 2022, 10.03 Pacific time at the time of this recording. If this ain't the first person in line, damn it, then I don't know who possibly could be. All right? I got you. We are, we, are we good here? Yeah, I got you. Can we I move on? Yeah, let's go. All right. <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> the 49ers and their miraculous playoff. I feel like if they have been the luckiest team in the playoffs so far. Bro, rabbit's foot in their back pocket. <laughs> I mean... I don't know what they've done 
Maybe Kyle Shanahan clipped off one of Lil Wayne's dreads and is sleeping under with his pillow or some type of other Rastafarian thing. You know, they're big. He's a, they're like weirdly connected to each other, Kyle Shanahan and Lil Wayne. But in any way, they're still alive. They're going back to the scene of the crime that knocked the Saints out of the playoffs, SoFi Stadium, where they beat the Rams in that overtime game. And uh, the Rams now are three-point favorites in the uh, conference championship. TJ, do the, do the 49ers luck continue? Somebody tell me when you beat a team six times in a row and you're still an underdog, like, I don't understand that, that I don't get that part of it, but this is what I'll say. Trip Williams was in a boot and on crutches after the game. Is he going to play? Debo Samuels limped off the game. He will probably play, but is he going to be banged up? If Trent Williams can't play and they beat the Niners, I, I mean, they beat the Rams, I believe, the first time without him. I just think it's <laughs> – I said this last time. There's no way they're going to beat them six times in a row. I'm going to say it again. There's no way they're going to beat them seven times in a row. I'm taking the Rams. I, I so, just feel like you understand what they want to do. A lot easier said than done trying to stop it. Run that toss to Debo, and they're going to bring it back. If the Rams, Raheem Morris, and that defense can put the game in Jimmy G's hands, it's an easy, easy dub. The Rams offensive line, you got to be able to – because the Niners don't blitz. They don't blitz often. But you can't let this front four wreck the game. And, that, and that's pretty much why the Niners are where they are. Their defensive line is pretty much taking over games. Yes. And, and so the Rams have to figure out a way to slow this down. You can't lose seven in a row to the same damn team. I'm taking the Los Angeles Rams to advance to the Super Bowl out the NFC. I am taking the Rams as well. Literally in my notes, I have lost seven straight. And I thought, when has a team lost seven straight? And that there's happened before. It's happened. But when has a good team lost seven straight? A good team. There's <laughs> a good team lost seven straight. Like, I'm sure that the Packers, and sometime in Aaron Rodgers' his, his tenure, have beaten the Lions seven straight times. In fact, it's probably happened multiple times, right? But the Lions have never been good in that whole time. The Rams consistently, this entire streak, have been playoff contenders. The whole streak of these seven wins, seven losses versus 49ers, in-division losses, they've been playoff contenders. I can't imagine they're going to lose seven in a row, and I agree with you. I think this is the game where they look back and say, oh, there's no way we could keep Jimmy G. This is the game where Debo's nicked. All right, Trent Williams might not go like you just alluded to. So who you got? You got George Kittle and the run game, right? And, 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 and the run – the Shanahan run scheme, right? Because Debo is such a big part of what they do in the run game, right? So then where else would you turn in a normal football situation? Your quarterback. Your quarterback's going to be the guy that's going to have to get this done. He's going to have to be the guy to cover up some of the things that we're missing. The things that got us here are, are not necessarily still here. So you know what? Let's cover this up. Like, you know what? Let's just look back last week at the Rams. We have four fumbles. Matt Stafford, can you make a play and clean this up for us so we can win this game? And that's what's going to happen, and Jimmy G's not going to be able to And last it. week, Sebastian Joseph Day 
was taken off IR. They didn't activate him. Will another week of rest be tackled for the round? Boom. He was playing great before he got hurt. If he's activated, that should help him. Give him another big body on that defensive front. I mean, that's – but you, you've nailed it. The, the key is the, is the Rams' offensive line being able to hold up against the 49ers. 49ers beat the Green Bay Packers without scoring an offensive or defensive touchdown. Crazy. I mean, it's just – this is not – to me, I didn't even think this team was tip, really a playoff team. And I know, like, as they were as they were coming down the stretch, and I know they, they earned their way in winning that game. But I didn't even think, like, all season, I didn't think they were even that great of a team to begin with. And they get by, Dallas blows it at the end, Green Bay does whatever that was. I think that the Cinderella was a nice story, but this clock is not striking midnight. The Rams cover this three, and I don't think it's even close. We on the same page, baby. All right, TJ, lay it on me. Your final lemon pepper parlay uh, of the season. It's really simple. Can't get any easier. Lemon pepper parlay, lock of the season. Bengals Rams Super Bowl. I gave all the reasons why uh, I'm staying with it. The Bengals and Zach Taylor will be facing the Rams and Sean McVay. Zach Taylor was the assistant, assistant wide receiver coach for the Rams not too long ago and now he's the head coach of the cincinnati Bengals. they were reuniting the super bowl sofi stadium and i'll be honest when he got hired i definitely did way more than roll my eyes and say this is a joke but i agree with you tj i'm taking the Bengals and the rams to both go to the super bowl but so for my parlay i'm going to do something a little bit different i'm going to take an anytime touchdown score lemon pepper parlay Odell Beckham, anytime touchdown, and Joe Mixon, anytime touchdown. That's my lemon pepper parlay. Let's eat in the championship round.